day at the moment. Oh God, no why? Um, as I said over the weekend, I got really, really drunk, <laughs> and it basically it's put me off drinking for a while. Okay. Um, it's because I, I went to a friend's house because we can form social bubbles now. That's the thing mm. we're allowed to do in the UK. I'd be responsible and all that. And I went round to my friend's house and I had some drinks, and then I had some more drinks, and then I had some more. And oh no! Seemingly, uh, lockdown has absolutely killed my tolerance mm-hmm. for alcohol. Because the moment I stood up, I didn't know where I was. And I woke up in the morning and my friend was just sat there looking at me. And I'm like, oh no, what happened? And I looked down and the bed that I'm in, there's no bed in. No, no, Carl. There's no bed in anywhere. It's all gone. Apparently, (laughs) I'd thrown up all over his bed. Oh, that's rough. All over his pillowcases. All over his stuff, all over his mattress. And I am currently messaging me right now. Um, this might be the most expensive night out I've ever had because I legitimately may have to buy him a new mattress. Oh, no, That's God. how bad it got. Because obviously, yeah, you're throwing up, but if you've been drinking, you're throwing up liquid. Mm-hmm. What does liquid do, Lucas? It soaks into things. And what's a mattress but a giant collection of springs and fluff? Oh, no. Yeah. Um, so, and I've said, I'll buy him a new mattress because I feel so bad, but I'll only buy him one if we can go to a shop and buy it together. Just so we can walk into the shop and he can be like, okay, we're looking for a new mattress. Why? And he can point to me and go, this one ruined my last one. And I can just smile like, yep, that was me. (laughs) Just to make it super awkward for the salesperson. (laughs) But I feel so bad. And my mate's currently messaging me right now of like, yeah, I'm getting new pillows. I'm like, yeah, send me the bill. He's like, yeah. ninety-five pounds. Like, ninety-five pounds for a pillow? Fucking hell! And he's like, no, no, mate. It's only, my pillows are only twenty quid. Okay. Yeah. He's like, for ninety, and he just sent me the message for ninety-five pound. I'd want the pillow to suck me off. But <laughs> he did tell me earlier in the evening. Yeah, I got all new bedding because he'd just broken up with his girlfriend. Oh no! Just before he's like, oh, I bought all new bedding because I want to feel really fancy and I want to treat myself. He was like, you can keep in my bed. I feel so bad. And yeah, that was was my weekend. That's all I did. How about you? How's your Uh, thing? Well, I worked a shift for the first time in like four months. Oh my God, you worked. What was that like? Describe it to me. Uh, Painful, Carl. Painful. (laughs) Both like physically and emotionally. You're just not emotionally prepared to just like deal with the public right now. Yeah, that's the thing is, I was just looking at so many people like, do you not know there's a fucking pandemic on at the moment? And it's so stressful. It really is. It's like, yeah. oh, just... I understand that, yeah, you know, it's a restaurant. People can't actually wear masks in there. I get that much. But when people are trying to like walk right up to your face and you're, like, backing away, and they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, backing away from you. It's like, well, why? Because do, do you not read do you not like look at the news yeah you not you see what's going on did you walk past any one of 40 posters on your way here just oh, saying the words God. virus 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 wear masks yep yeah, so i i, oh, I don't envy you mate it sounds um horrendously stressful and I, I spoke to you i think after the you had your shift and it's like yeah i'd had a nine hour shift and car i'm not i can't do it no. I, I'm not used to being on my feet for that long anymore. The Rona has got me. Oh, I sit on an office chair every day. Oh, God. Well, that's what I think mine was. Because I thought, oh, yeah, I can have a couple of beers. So I took a crate to my mate's house. Yeah. And I think I just drunk like I would, like it was a normal night. So, like, you know, to reclaim that sense of normalcy. 
mm-hmm. and then just woke up in the morning and my mate's looking at me like, Carl, what did you do? <laughs> oh, no. What was this? And we can move straight past that because uh, there's something I did this morning that um, uh, I think was really funny. And I'm going to okay. tell it here because I know the person doesn't listen to this. And it's right. uh, like my girlfriend moved in recently. Mm-hmm. And something I've been doing is that I'm a really particular person when it comes to cleanliness, as you probably know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And some, one of my little pet peeves is when people get a drink, whatever it is, a glass of water, a cup of tea, some mm-hmm. orange juice, like a can of pop, anything, and then they leave it on the side. And they leave it on the side, Lucas, and they always do the same thing. Oh, I'm leaving it there for later. And then they'll leave the room and leave it there. And that is one of those little things that annoys me. Like it's one of my bugbears. When you and say leave it on the side, what do you mean? I mean, like, say you're having a glass of water and you just put it down on the table. Okay. Or, like, you know, in the bedroom on the bedside table. And yeah. then leave the, leave the room. And then just okay. leave it on the side for, like, an hour. It's like, no, I'm going to save it for later. Like, you're really going to save one sip of water in a cup to later. Okay. And my girlfriend, she does this a lot. Because she has a bottle of water before she goes to bed. What she'll do is she get a bottle of water before she goes to bed. And then she'll get a cup of water in the night. To get cold water, obviously. Yeah. And then, like, I wake up in the morning, there's, like, two cups next to the bed. So I've started this thing now, and I call her a mug lever. And but every time I see a, any time she leaves a mug anywhere in the house, I point at it. And I go, mug lever! You know, it's a joke. This is one of those yeah, funny yeah, things yeah. that couples do. But um, the, um, I was saying, like, what I'm going to do is I'm going to wait till you're asleep. And I'm just going to put every mug in the house next to the bed. <laughs> and then just uh, when you wake up in the morning, just go, oh, you left all those mugs there. And she said, Carl, that'd be funny if it wasn't literal gaslighting. I went, oh, shit, it is. Yeah. Oh, God, no. So, oh, God, Carl. So, I was like, I thought that'd be quite funny to be like, yeah, you left all those mugs there. And she's like, no, I didn't. It's like, yeah, you did. And she's like, no, Carl, that's gaslighting. You can't yeah. do that to me. I'm like, oh, shit, it is. No, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean it. And I'm, I'm not going to lie, Carl. I'm sorry, like, I am just on the other side of this argument. Well, I, oh no! Are you a mug lever too? I quite happily, yeah, just like leave just a, a glass of water in each room and just walk around and drink wherever I am. Oh, you're a mug lever. Oh no, we're doing a podcast with a mug lever. I hate this. <laughs> like, well, I think it's every... fine because like me and Jen are both on that arse. When we're on our own, like we're very different when, you know, we've got guests around. We're yeah. very um, on top of it because... We want to make sure everyone's got the coaster, blah, 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 and it doesn't look messy or anything. But when it's mm-hmm. just us two lounging around, yeah. But uh, I'm wondering, do you have any things like that where it's, it seems so minor in retro, but it really does get to you? And, like, there's just something about when I walk into a room and there's no one in the room, and then I look to the side and it's just, there's a mug. That I don't know what it is about that specific image mm. that just annoys me so much. There's um. <laughs> There's probably one for me, which is like, again, really picky. And I've just had to like, apologize to Jenna for it and just be like, I'm really sorry. I know this is weird, but can you just, you know, bear with? Mm-hmm. And it's that when she like has smoothies, I just ask, can you clean up like the, the like smoothie from inside the cup? Because it mm-hmm. makes me feel a bit sick washing it out. Ah, okay. And I don't know why it's only specific things. But there's like a few certain things where when I'm like cleaning them off, like out of cups, like, you know, like, um, when biscuits, like, fall to the bottom as well? Oh, yeah, and you get the weird biscuit and sludge. You get, like, the biscuit sludge. And uh, it, I can wash it. I'll suck it up and do it if I need to. But, like, it makes me feel a little bit sick when I wash it out, and I don't know yeah. why. That's fair. But I just love those little things that happen to people. Because um, I grew up with a dad who has a ton of these. 
And mm. the, the one that I like to say, because people would never believe me when I tell them, and it is, he hated fingerprints on glass, because we had glass doors. Oh, God, yeah. And that's understandable, isn't it? Like, it is, but it's very hard to manage. Yeah, because you want to open a door. Yeah. Like, you push against doors. Like, it's, it's instinct, and now the glass doors. If you saw fingerprints, you get annoyed. Uh, but he would e- get equally as annoyed by seeing fingerprints on, I shit you not, the door handles. <laughs> so I want to ask you now, Lucas, how the fuck do you open a door? Uh, did everyone just have to walk around like elbows out? That, that's basically what we had to do, because he'd get annoyed if there were fingerprints on the door handle. But what we do is, like, we, as a kid, like, oh, the solution is you leave the door open, but then the cat would come in and leave yeah. fur on the carpets, and that annoyed him too. Oh, God. So he's like, what is the solution here? <laughs> yeah. So you can't open the door. And my dad, he always he explained it much in the same way that I did with the mug thing. Like, looking back, like he must have thought, this makes so much sense. I don't know why everyone doesn't do this. Mm-hmm. It's like, why don't you push on the wood panelling to the door without touching the door handle? Because then the door handle doesn't get dirty. You don't leave fingerprints on the glass. It's like, because That's it's the door, door handle. That's what door handle's for. It's but, just one purpose. But in his head, it must have made so much sense. And now, I like as I'm older and I've had like little foibles like that of my own, I'm like, yeah, I get it. There's yeah. just th- certain and, things you like about your home that you don't, you can't explain them, but you like it a certain way. I get it, and I think growing up, like I never really got why people were so precious about coasters. And it, until you paid for until, a table, until I bought my own furniture. But the thing is, I'm me and me and Jenna both fall in the the camp of like, well, okay, we don't mind if someone accidentally spills something or, you know, spill some wine on the sofa, whatever. We don't mm-hmm. really care because it's an accident. But if you're not using coasters intentionally when they're right there, it's like, come on. Yeah. And well, at least try. That's why I bought a glass coffee table. Yeah, that's true. I'm not, I'm not messing around. I'm not having that thing because, again, I didn't know that was a kid, but as I got older, the moment, like, it's like when I know I've got to pay a security deposit if there's any damage and people are coming around and putting beer cans on a wooden table, it's like, no! <laughs> and it's like, you feel so stupid. It's like, no, man, I don't want fucking rings on my table. That's the thing I cared more when I was renting the flat with, like, furnished. Like, when it's your own stuff, who gives a shit? When it's my own stuff, it's like, look, I'd rather you use a coaster. I'd rather you not spill stuff. But at the end of the day, who cares? It's a bit of, like, furniture. But when it was rented and I know they're going to, like, absolutely hammer me for the deposit. It's you know. But I remember, though, like, um, this happened once. where I, the, One of the reasons why I'm paranoid about coasters is I ordered a pizza once. Okay. It's just a piece, just a pizza, and I chucked it on the table in my front room, my mum's front room. Yeah, and didn't think any more about it. And then, like you know, we ate the pizza. Mm-hmm. Like, it, was, it was a good time was had by all. And then when I went to throw the pizza away, lift up the box and go, oh no, it's a wooden coffee table that's been varnished. Oh. And it had warped the entire table underneath. Oh no. And I looked at it and went, oh no, oh god. And I looked over and I saw the pile of. Um, Coasters, like Joe for plates and stuff like that, hot plates. <laughs> That's why my mum makes me use one for a hot plate. Yeah. I always thought she would just be, and I looked at him and went, oh no. So I got the table runner and rolled the table runner along it to cover it up. Oh God. And then I left it for like two weeks and then told my mum. Yeah. <laughs> because I thought, because it, was, because it was the weekend when I was in on my own. I went, if I tell her I did it when I was on my own, she won't trust me. But if I wait for it to be the week when she's been in and then say I did it with my lunch when she was in the house, and she's mm. like, oh, Carl, God damn it. Well, then, otherwise, like, if I told her the <laughs> truth, she'd be like, well, Carl, now you can't have friends over anymore. It's like, no. Yeah. Don't oh, do that. Fair enough. Please, it mom. reminds me of um, one time when, like, my mum would always tell us, like, you know, put the table runner out before you put anything on. Mm-hmm. 
and um, it was like a white kind of like vinyl-y um, material on the oh, table. God. They were so awful. And it's like, no, it's not that bad. Like, it's a nice looking table. Um, but one time when my mum was like in a rush or whatever, put candles on the table without putting the table runner on. Oh, no. And burn like little tea light shaped circles into the top of the, the table. Oh, it's rough. And uh, the thing is, I never thought much about it because at this point, like, I'd moved to uni. And now that's the table that me and Jenna have inherited for our flat. Yeah. And I bet you was, as well, oh God. your mum, she saw that and like she walked it, it doesn't matter how clean the house is, she'll always see those stains. Always, yeah. Always. And I guarantee you see them now too, don't you? Yeah, you and I table? just laugh at them, but I always see them there. And it's like, oh, God damn it, it's distracting. Yeah. So, But I grew up in a house with a dad, like the famous, well, they're not famous, it's, like, it's not like a, <laughs> like a celebrity or anything, but the story I like. The famous the famous Mr. Small. The story I like to tell about him is that I woke up one morning and I said, because it's like a lazy summer's day, like Joe, like when you're off school. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, is Dad doing, is he, is he got the lawnmower out? Wait a minute, we don't have a lawnmower. What's going on? <laughs> I look out of my bedroom window, which overlooked the back garden, and my dad's hoovering the lawn. <laughs> That's an honest to God true fucking story. I think I've because, heard you say that, yeah. Because he used to smoke. And he'd uh, throw all okay. his tab ends onto the garden. But mm-hmm. then we got guinea pigs. And my mum's like, the guinea pigs are eating the tab ends. That's for fuck's oh, sake, woman. Oh, so he went out and just hoovered the lawn. <laughs> it's just, oh. you see the image of your dad just hoovering up the lawn. You look at him and go, you've got to respect it. See, like... The image of that man. As someone who doesn't smoke, I find it really weird to think, like, someone who would be such a clean freak would also smoke. Because surely that's, like, quite a, a dirty... Yeah, like he, he did give it up. Yeah. Oh, uh, right, okay. So he gave up smoking. And so obviously you get, like, ash all over the place and stuff like that, but yeah. Yeah, but, like, 15, 20 years now, which is that hooping the fucking lawn. It's oh, Dad, God. what are you doing? And he thought it was so normal. Like, he didn't see how wrong with it. It's like, I'm cleaning the yeah. lawn. So you don't... Nobody cleans the lawns like I am. Well, At least he had an excuse. Yeah. And he wasn't he... just doing it out of habit. But he used to, the thing is, though, he started doing it out of habit. Oh, no. like, Because he noticed that when the lawn was hoovered, it was a lot like what, a nice little walk on barefoot. <laughs> so he'd hoover it to get the guinea pig poos up. Oh, God. Like, rather than going around and like just like treading on them by accident, so now mm-hmm. hoover the guinea pig poos. Oh, man. But just, just looking out the window, your dad's got the fucking Henry out on the lawn. <laughs> just, I, yeah, hoovering up the grass. I'd love to just out of context see someone doing that, like one of my neighbours doing that one time. It's like, you can't explain it. No. Like the other one though is I had a really weird neighbour. So um, I got to speak to my dad. Uh, we caught up um, like a week or so ago mm-hmm. uh, over a co- over a social distancing coffee. And we were just reminiscing about our old neighbour who would throw bread onto our shed roof. Like we had a shared shed uh, roof. Um, yeah. It was flat. Like he'd throw bread onto the birds. The thing is, though, he wouldn't just throw up like a couple of slices. He'd throw up the entire loaf. Oh, no. So, but you can, again, I, my bedroom window overlooked the back garden and the top of the shed. Yeah. And my dad hated it. So he'd always have the curtains closed in our room. Oh, because no. whenever he went into our room to get something or to clean up or whatever, he'd look out and he'd see like bread, like entire loaves of bread just on the sh- shed roof. Yeah. And I would like to think that the only reason. Like he was the, he annoyed him so much because the Hoover wouldn't stretch up there, so he couldn't <laughs> Hoover it up. But 
The one we remember is, after I went to university, I got a photo from my dad of, okay, he's taking the piss now. And it was just a little grainy photo taken on an old camera phone of just an entire fish on the roof. What? Because the neighbour had had fish and not cooked it and just chucked it on the roof at birds. Oh, fuck. And it was just hell. like a giant fucking mackerel just on roof. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's just, what do you do? I don't know. How do you stop that? You don't, Carl. You don't. And he's just, like, just, just chucking up entire fucking... <laughs> the best bit is, though, my neighbour, he'd sometimes thrown too far. So sometimes you'd be, like, leaving for work or school or something. And there'd just be a loaf of bread in the garden. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, why is there a loaf of bread here? Oh, dear God. So or like when it was windy and it'd take like, all the slices and just whip them across the neighbourhood. <laughs> fucking brilliant. But, uh, yeah, like, what have you been up to this week, mate? Other than, like, you know, just um, witnessing um, remnants of what used to be called humanity and um, polite, a polite society being just decimated by people who want some chicken. I mean, oh, God, laugh. Like, since last recording, I've had a, a bit of a mare because like, oh, I no. lost just half a week due to, like, we had um, people coming in to decorate. Oh, God. Because we basically got moved into, like... When we were moving flats, uh, the the day or something before we were meant to move in, it's like, oh, yeah, uh, we've checked the boiler and it's unsafe to move into this flat. Good <laughs> enough to move you into one that isn't ready yet. Oh, man. And then it was like, oh, but we'll get decorators in in, like, a week or two. And, you know, COVID happened, so six months later... They finally had decorators in, but obviously we've set up the entire yeah. flat with you all the furnishings expect- and stuff. So we had to, like, basically undecorate our entire flat for them to decorate it. She told me this: you had to pull your computer from the wall because most people, I'm guessing, have their PC pushed against a wall. And well, it wasn't an- just my PC; it was my entire office had to go to the side yeah, of the so room. Yeah, so your bookshelves, all that stuff. But like mm-hmm. a PC has a lot of cables plugged into it, and I'm guessing. You're, like, quite um, neat when it comes to, like, plugging stuff in. I'm guessing you have all your consoles plugged in in a very specific way. I do, yeah, yeah. All into, like, your multiple TV setup. And you've got, like, a hundred different cables at the back that to pull away from the wall. And this is why I like this story. Because after you did that and then pushed it all back, what happened? Uh, So I got told, oh, yeah, uh, the office is finished. You can put it all back. And then the next day, Jenna wakes me up and is like, oh, by the way, uh, they said they're not done in the office, actually. I was like, oh no! <laughs> so, so, oh, that's so defeating. Like, yeah, that would like end me. That it reminds me a little bit of like the story that makes me like so glad that I don't dream often. I don't really have dreams or anything like that. But like, a guy told me about a time he dreamed that he had a full day at work. And I had woke that up and then yeah. woke up and went out and had to go to work. He said it's the most crushed and defeated I've ever felt. And I imagine that's what that's like after you spent an entire day plugging everything back in and finally getting it all sorted. And like, you're not, you can't work after doing that. Uh, no, just so, literally, like I was done at like eight, nine o'clock in the evening. And you wake up, and the first thing you got to do in the morning is you got to do it all over again. Yeah. It's like after working yourself up to like, at least though, yeah, I've missed out on a day of work, but I'll wake up early tomorrow. I can catch up on everything. It's like no, exactly. You're actually missing out on this one. It's like oh no. Yeah. And uh, fun story. Yeah, like I had that dream thing happened once when oh i um i basically got trained on like the grills in nando's mm-hmm. and instead of working like you know uh, four shifts where you're just walking around looking after customers i spent a good like three four months straight getting trained 
on the grills and having like full-time shifts on there and it's a lot more stressful over there but the shifts go a lot quicker so it kind of you know a pros and cons of it but one day i was on the grills for like that many days straight that i dreamt an entire shift and then oh. woke up and had to go to work it was just like oh my god it's no. the worst because you lose you feel like you've not slept it's like oh, yeah man. i can't imagine like i woke up stressed yeah wait you don't want to wake up stressed and like it's a minor thing like but i feel like a nightmare you wake up and you're a bit panicky mm. but you get over it that, you go, oh, you, at least that wasn't real. I can move on now. But it feels so real. And like, yeah. I've always said that, Joey, the question of like, if you had the ability to cause like a minor inconvenience to someone's life, mm-hmm. what would it be? It'd be the ability to make people dream that they just had a full day of work. Oh, no. Like, Joey's a way to get back at arrival. Either that or control a single bee. <laughs> there's just something about when a single bee flies past someone's ear that just makes them lose their shit. Because it happens to me all the time. Well, it does for me because I'm um I've got a fear of like bees and wasps from ah, being okay, a kid, so it fucking like, shits me up. But like that, the ability to control either a single bee or make people just dream that they're being at work. Oh god, because like, that's how you like break someone's morale. Like you don't need to cause yeah. any physical. Like cause they'll want to die themselves. Like because everyone already hates work as it is. Yeah. Like, imagine like you want you want escape. It's like now you're working. Still. I think I kind of combined those two experiences at one point. What was that? Oh, did you um, dream you were getting attacked by bees? So what happened was, this was already when I was scared of like bees and wasps. I dreamt that I was being attacked by a, a giant wasp. And then eventually I woke up out of the nightmare and heard a buzzing noise. Oh. And I, there was a wasp in my room that started making me dream that I was getting attacked by a wasp. Oh, and then no. I turned the light on and then the wasp comes and attacks me. That's the worst. That's so rough. He's getting you, mate. That's like next level psychological warfare from wasp kind. It would not war. It, it did. So have I told the story on the podcast before about the spider that crawled across my laptop screen? Oh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I, a quick refresher on that one. I just moved into a new apartment, and I was lying asleep in bed, trying to like find out, like just tire myself out and a laptop like pushed basically three inches away from my face <laughs> and a spider crawled across the laptop keyboard oh, only lit so it's just the silhouette of a giant spider just comes into my peripheral of my vision out of nowhere and it's like god like, you can't sleep after that it's awful yeah it's like it's the fucking worst man it's um it reminds me a little bit it's like one of those black mirror style stories and i forget where i heard it it might it's a, it's a book or a tv show where a guy keeps falling asleep and he keeps dreaming that he's living another life. Oh god. But he keeps falling he keeps falling asleep for longer and longer periods. And in mm. one of these dreams, like he gets married and has kids. And then he wakes up. Oh fucking hell. And it keeps happening to him. It's like, oh god, that sounds like a nightmare. Well they did like um an obviously silly version of it in Rick and Morty, didn't they? When like um Morty plays that video game and it's yeah, living Roy. out an entire life of somebody else. And then he just falls off the thing, Roy. And then you've got more Rick. I'm taking Roy off the grid. Yeah. That bit's so great. Because um, there's a little, there's a show that I watch. Not a show, it's a film. I'm just going to double it. I think it's called like Your Name Is. Oh, okay. It's an anime. My girl's like, oh, do you want to watch this anime? I'm like, sure. Oh, is it like Your Name, maybe? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that might be it. And it's a similar thing where every... Like other day, a guy wakes up in someone else's body. Oh god! And the thing is, like, the and he wakes up in a girl's body, and a girl wakes up in his, and obviously shenanigans ensue. Mm-hmm. 
And it's one of those things where like they're trying to communicate with each other because they don't realise that they're actually living out someone else's life. They think it's a dream. Yeah. yeah but yeah. just a very realistic dream. And then like what they do is they decide, oh, before I go to sleep, I'm just going to write on myself. And then the other person oh. wakes up with like a message on their hand saying, who are you? It's like, oh God, that would shit you up, wouldn't it? Yeah. And then the twist is, oh yeah, uh, like this. I'm not going to spoil the thing. But I'm going to like the twist. Is, oh yeah, um, uh, there's actually a, a time difference. Oh, Are they not okay. actually around at the same time? And that's where like, you know the, um, the the twist comes in. But I thought that's such a, an interesting concept, and this could go so poorly so quickly. Yeah. Um, if they do it wrong, because like you imagine like oh yeah, you spend so long in the other person's body or whatever. But like, uh, I'm glad it's it has a happy ending. So I, can, I, feel, I don't feel bad recommending it. I feel like um, I heard good things about it. Yeah, it's, it's the reason um, my missus wanted to watch it is because it's so phenomenally well animated. Right. And it's like this first time studio never made anything before. Mm-hmm. And it just looks like incredible and like every frame of animation is um, like astounding. Yeah. But it's again, it's just a really interesting concept. Well, um, it's one, one like thing that kind of sold me on anime movies in the first place was kind of that scene similar thing of um obviously the studio ghibli films and just i wasn't really i'd watched dragon ball and one piece but i'd never really Mm -hmm. watched much anime other than that Mm -hmm. and um yeah then i just got into a couple of studio ghibli films just because of how beautiful they are yeah and i have to correct you on this because my girlfriend kept correcting me on it it's ghibli ghibli yeah yeah Uh, she's japanese so she speaks the language Uh, yeah (laughs) i'm not gonna question that then yeah and apparently it's one of those things that weebs will pick up on as well because it's one of those things that people mispronounce it enough where the mispronunciation is popular where most people are like, it's fine. Yeah. She said, because I, she said, I know you're on the internet. I know that weebs watch your content. They will correct you. It's Ghibli, trust me. I, I trust her judgment then and thank you for correcting me. But it's I'll that thing that of like, on. it's like weebs will correct you on it. It's like, oh, thank you so much. I don't want the weebs because I it's, don't... Yeah, you watch don't much want anime. that, uh, that fan base coming up. <laughs> no, I don't watch much anime. That was one where um, I said, oh, this is a really interesting concept and I'm glad it's got a happy ending. Yeah. Because like the bit in the middle where it's like it gets a bit dark, it's like, oh no, it's going to be a sad ending. Because something else I've been watching, it's been making me stressed thinking about it. Oh no. Is uh, a series of unfortunate events. And did you watch the, the Netflix series? Um, so the Netflix one, I think I watched about two episodes, but Jenna watched it all the way through because she's a big fan, and I okay. saw like bits and pieces as I was coming in and out of the rooms and stuff. Okay. Um, well, I've not read the books, so again, if there's fans out there who really like this thing, and I'm talking about it as if I don't know what I'm talking about, it's because I've never read the books. It's just one of those things I didn't happen to read as a child. Mm-hmm. And I've been watching that, and there's just something intensely stressful about it because the, the series the title is a series of unfortunate events and uh, the loose plot is some orphans or some, some kids lose their parents in a fire mm-hmm. and there's just this dickhead called count olaf who wants their money um, like, yeah because basically the kids will inherit the money unless they pass away and he's like some relative of theirs yeah who so will then like, inherit the money afterwards so he keeps concocting schemes to either adopt them or like become their carer via like shenanigans, mm-hmm. and it's, it's cool. It's really well acted. Um, like it's Neil Patrick Harris is clearly loving it. He's like chewing the scenery, and every scene he's in. Um, according to my girlfriend, who's like a big fan of the books, like it's phenomenally well um, translated from the books. And the author himself uh, is like an executive producer, and he says that the TV show is the superior version of his story. 
Well, it makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Because each one is a short book, so TV makes perfect sense for that kind of setup. Yeah, and he's even like he's said like yeah, I, the TV show. I think it's better than the books because there's certain elements in the books that obviously I can't go back and fix, but I can fix them in this TV show. Ah, uh, right, okay. And I won't get too much into stuff, but the reason it's stressing me out is because like the titular like series, like it's titled a series of unfortunate events, and you expect there to be some like some hardships and some things to go wrong. Mm-hmm. But it's also a kids' book. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's hard, and like Count Olaf is a recurring villain. And you get it, but every time he comes back, he just the things he does are so dickish and over the top that it's like, okay, I get it, he's a villain. Mm-hmm. When does he get his comeuppance? And my girlfriend won't tell me when it comes. And I'm really stressed that it might not happen. <laughs> She's like, well, I'm not going to tell you how it ends, that'd ruin it. Like, but there is a happy ending, right? Because there's a satisfying ending. That's not a happy ending. Oh, God, no. And it's like, does does Count Olaf get his comeuppance? And it's like, well, you'll have to wait and see. It's like, don't, no, no! I appreciate that she's not telling me. Please don't anyone out to spoil it for me. But the reason I'm getting so stressed about it is because, like, the kids in it, they're orphans, and they're also adorable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And every character in the series who's not a close friend, which are few and far between in the episodes that I've seen so far, just makes fun of them for being orphans. Yeah. For no horrible. reason. And it's so harsh. Like, there's um, a couple of episodes set at a school. And it's like, oh, yeah, look, you're at school. Um, it's a really nice academy. Look at this lovely dormitory for um, the students. That's, like, mm-hmm. full of fruit and vegetables and songbirds that'll sit on your finger and will learn to say your name. And the kids are there like, wow, maybe our looks turn around. But because you're orphans, you have to stay in the orphan shack. No. And they're like, why do we have to stay in the orphan shack? Because you're orphans. Fuck you. And what? then every every character who talks to them makes fun of them for being an orphan. To oh, the point God, where no. a quote is, like, uh, some kids say, like, look, um, I pe- like, um, they in- meet some other kids who are also orphans, and they were triplets, but their brother gets killed in a fire as well. Oh. And so they're now two sets of triplets. They're two, uh, two triplets. Mm-hmm. Of a third. But the head teacher of the school keeps calling them twins. And at oh. one point in the like the show, they turn around and go, look, we're not twins, we're triplets. And the headmaster's lost and goes, look, I get it. Can you please think of a more, like, you know, interesting thing to say? I don't care that your parents abandoned you for a career as burnt-up skeletons. It's like, why are you saying oh. this? This is so harsh. Fuck my life. <laughs> and it's like, it's a kid's book, and it's called A Series of Unfortunate. So I get it. But... The, just, the amount of dicking on these orphans for no reason is really upsetting. Oh, God. I can imagine. And I'm really, and I'm really worried that because, like, uh, the end, this opening song is just look away, look away, and it's telling you don't watch this show. It's not good. You're not going to like it. It will upset you. And I'm thinking, mm-hmm. yeah, but it's a kid's show, so there has to be a happy ending. And just all of this, um, like, misfortune is just going to make the eventual comeuppance of Count Olaf, like, all the more satisfying. And and I'm really worried that it's not going to happen. I mean, maybe, but at the same time, um, I know that, like, when I was a kid, I got told that they weren't like other kids' books. Yeah, and that's what I'm worried about. So, maybe maybe not. And it's really... And anyone listening, please don't spoil the ending for me. I will get very mad about that. Yeah, don't don't be a dick. And I, I, I sound like I'm annoyed, but I'm, I'm actually enjoying it because the, it's 
I'm getting stressed and I'm watching it. And then when... Because another thing in it is that Count Olaf is in disguise, but it's so obviously just Neil Patrick Harris in a costume. But no Every one time ever... it's really obvious, but the, yeah. the kid's the only one that notices it. And that's, again, it really frustrates you. I can imagine reading these books as a kid, that would piss you off. Yeah. How do they not know it's Count Olaf? It looks exactly like him, but with a fucking moustache. It's like, god it, damn it. But just the, the constant dicking on of the orphans is really upsetting. Oh. God. Just the line off. Yeah, I get it, but your parents are skeletons now. Fuck you. Oh, so man, why would you say gross. this? Why would you say this to the kids? Like, why would you say that the kids are skeletons? And then there's like the extra levels of things that's like, yeah, this is harsh, but did it really need to be this harsh? Of, yeah, the orphans have to live in the orphan shack. So that's bad enough. What's the deal with the orphan shack? Oh yeah, there's crabs that live on the floor. <laughs> and it's like it's such a specific thing. Like, there are just yeah. crabs everywhere. It's like, why are there crabs? Because fuck you, there are crabs. Deal with it. And from my limited experience with, um, like, watching the Jim Carrey film that came out on the first couple of episodes of the TV show, it feels yeah. very much like kind of a, a more childish version of maybe like a Tim Burton-esque thing of, like, quite macabre. Yeah. And I, I, it is very funny and it's very well made, but like, I overthink media, evidently, and it's really <laughs> stressing me out to think, oh, no. Maybe these orphans aren't going to make it. And uh, the thing that I've said, because you brought Rick and Morty, is that I want the ending of the series to be that the two, like the three titular characters, well, like the two, like the main boy and the main girl, because there's a girl, boy, and a baby. Yeah. I want that moment from Rick and Morty where uh, Rick and Summer get really buff. Oh. And then they just walk up and then just beat up, like, the neo Nazi and the guy who's strangling his dog. And I want it to just be, there's a a 30-minute montage of them just walking up to Count Olaf in his various disguises, just kicking the ever-loving shit out of him. <laughs> it's just, X gone, give it to your place in the background. <laughs> That'd be a satisfying ending. Oh, man. Yeah, but, and speaking of, like, satisfying, like, you know, battles or whatever. Okay. Um, so, me and Jenna, I've mentioned on stream, been watching One Piece. Okay. And we had that kind of similar moment uh, yesterday or the day before, Watching a moment where basically there's this really, really small character, like, laughing in the face of, you know, the Luffy and the team. Mm-hmm. And they restrain themselves and they back away. Now, I'm not going to fight this fight. He's not worth it. And then eventually, like, other, other things occur and they piss Luffy off to the point where he's like, right, I need to go fuck him up. I need mm-hmm. to teach him a lesson. And Jenna was just sitting there the whole time like... I really hope he just fucks him up so hard for being a cocky little bastard. Like, I hate this character. Most of the time in anime, it's like, look, we've built up this antagonist. There's going to be a big fight. And that one time is when just, oh, this guy's showing off. He's trying to like prove how strong he is. And just one punch ends it. And it's just like, oh, yes. So just cathartic. Put him down in one. And it's like, God, yes. Like that's one of the reasons I've never been able to like bring myself to read Berserk mm. because uh, one it's not finished and, and two like, as a friend of ours who's basically he's explained the plot to me and I'm aware of it like via pop culture osmosis but yeah like, it's basically just everything go like the main character is the most unlucky man in the world like everybody betrays him nothing ever goes right yeah he's it just his existence is agony. <laughs> and he never gets a break ever. And it's like, I don't really fancy reading a story that's just the main character getting shit on for like 400 issues. Oh, God, yeah, that this, does sound I, a bit depressing. I, and I've, I'm aware of it. And like, obviously, everyone's seen like the really bad 
um, Berserk anime. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever see like, the really bad animation where it's like they pick him up with a mouse and move him <laughs> off screen? But like, I am aware of how like legendary and famous this thing is. I just can't bring myself to read a story where the main character is just a, just constantly getting his shit pushed. It's like, I don't, this isn't satisfying to me no. as a reader. And I get the appeal of it in a way, but it's not for me. Yeah, and it's um, like... I have a really love-hate relationship with that kind of me, right? I love things like Black Mirror. Yes, yeah. Where I love the like the the sucker. I think they call it the gut punch ending. Mm. It's like when you it, the crushing realization of like what the plot has been leading up to, and it's like, oh no, just because I like to explore like the in my head at least like the themes that are presented in the episodes. Mm-hmm. Because uh, a lot of Black Mirror episodes open up like some interesting like thought experiments. But something like Berserk, where it's just, yeah, the main character, everyone dies. That's not even a spoiler, that's literally the, <laughs> that's the first page, everyone dies. Yeah. Like, everyone dies, his life is terrible. There's not really much more you can do with that other than go, oh man, that sucks. Yeah. Whereas like something like Black Mirror, like um, the, the episode that, like, it's a depressing episode to think about, but it's also one that's interesting to just, if not like a bit scary to think about um, uh, the implications of it, of... Uh, White Christmas, have you seen that one? Um, I will have done, because I remember the name, but remind me which one that is. Uh, White Christmas is like it's the hour, hour 20 minute long special with um, the guy from Mad Men. I forget his name. Don, He plays Don Draper. Oh, yeah. Um, it's going to annoy me that I can't remember that actor's name now. Yeah, I really like that actor. Uh, as John soon Hamm. as you ask me. Yes, John Hamm, yeah. John Hamm, yeah. He's in that, um, fun fact, he appeared in the episode. Um, without any sort of question about what the plot is. He's such a massive fan of a series. Charlie Booker reached out and was like, yeah, I'll be in it. Fuck it I don't blame him. And um, it's basically like a guy is sat there in a cabin with him talking about their past lives and like why they're in this cabin. And it turns out, yeah, no, it's all one. happening yeah. inside of this guy's mind. Mm-hmm. And throughout the plot, it's like it's a series of stories that are loosely, connect- uh, loosely connected. And John Hamm's character talks about how there's these things called cookies. Um, in the universe that they live in. Mm. And what they basically do is they take a perfect copy of your consciousness. So it is you, essentially. Yes. For all intents and purposes, it is you, just without the body. Um, they put it into a completely virtual world. Mm-hmm. And then they just mentally torture it until it becomes an obedient slave that's aware of all of your wants and desires and needs and basically functions like Siri. Yeah, and it's um the entire point is like literally don't doesn't he spend like thousands of years just locked in a cabin basically by himself to the point where he just becomes like completely numb. Yes, and the ending of the story is it turns out that the um this inter- uh, this this cabin is a fictional construct and it's a um psychological a perfect psychological like replicant of um, a guy has been accused of murder, and via mm. this in like virtual interrogation, they determine that yes, he accidentally um, killed a man, and which resulted in the death of his own daughter. Mm-hmm. And he's in a fictional recreation of that moment. And then just before they're about to like go home for Christmas, hence the title of the episode, it's White Christmas. Um, mm-hmm. A police officer turns over to like um, the, the cookie on the desk, which contains a perfect recreation of a human consciousness he goes should we turn this off like effectively killing the consciousness inside and the guy goes no let's leave it on till after christmas but then he fast forwards the time dilation inside that was it yeah so it makes it so he's experiencing a thousand years 
every minute and then mm. they go home for Christmas. Effectively condemning this human consciousness to a million years of um, digital hell. And it's like yeah. to think, yeah, it's, it's, you can't even comprehend that level of suffering. It's like, oh God, Black Mirror, why do I like this show so much? It depresses me every time I watch it, but it's like, it's so interesting. It really is. And I think the, um, I don't know about the later series because I've only seen like the first couple of seasons, mm-hmm. but I know that Charlie Brooker has basically said that the ideas behind the Black Mirror episodes were, what if we took technology that we had now and pushed it a little bit outside of our limits to the point where it's still believable? Yes. Um, and he said that every single one was a movie idea he had that he couldn't get someone to buy. And I oh, bet, really? Like, mo- I bet movie studios re- like regret that now. Yeah, I fucking uh, bet. Because like, some Black Mirror episodes are basically movies. And I think one of the other ones that has always like intrigues me but also terrifies me about the idea of it, it's a similar idea. It's um, the episode introduces a technology that allows you to replicate a person's consciousness. Uh, so basically what you do is you take out the elements of what make them who they are from their brain. And oh, yeah. turn their brain to a blank slate, at which point you can implant it into uh, another human brain mm-hmm. uh, to ride alongside, like, basically, their consciousness exists within your own. Yeah. And uh, the, the, they do this to a brain-dead young woman who is inside the brain of her boyfriend, I think it is. And the boyfriend gets really annoyed about the idea of constantly having his girlfriend in his head. Mm-hmm. So what he does is he removes her consciousness and puts it into a small teddy bear which has two modes of um, expressing itself, which is, I like this, I don't like this. Oh, God. And it's like, oh, yeah, there's a human consciousness trap within a teddy bear, and all it is able to do is say, I don't like this, or I like this, and that's it. Oh, God. And the guy who's, like, in the episode, he makes a passing reference to it of, yeah, um, I'm, it's illegal to kill her, because it is where these deem like this is the essence of what a human is, so we can't kill it, but we also can't put her into anything else, so she just trapped inside this teddy bear. Oh my god, Forever. fucking hell. Just sat on a shelf with no ability. He's literally, I have no mouth and I must scream. Which is the uh, the Harlan Ellison novel, which is a similar, uh, explore similar themes, which I'm also like super intriguing, but in like that macabre way. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you ever read that novel. Um, I've not actually read it myself, no. I've I heard of fa- it. But... Like famously written in like a day, in like a coke-fueled writing binge. Fucking hell. And the, ba- and the basic story is like, there's a couple of humans left after an apocalypse where a um, psychopathic megalomaniac computer takes over the world and the computer is so bored all it does is just think of ways to torture what remains of humanity oh jesus christ and then it's hum- this the remnants of humanity's last efforts to kill themselves basically to kill the human race and the end of the story is because i don't think it's a spoiler it's so famous is that um all but one of the humans managed to kill themselves because every time they try it, like the computer stops them. Because without yeah, humans, yeah. it has no purpose. It has nothing it can do. Mm-hmm. Um, they all kill themselves at one, and the last person who's left is turned into an amorphous blob, incapable of movement, but still able to think, feel, hear, and experience oh, to be tortured no. for the rest of time. And it ends with the line, I have no mouth, and I must scream. And again... Super interesting concept, but also really interesting to think about. Oh, God, that sounds like the worst shit ever. That really, really does. Yeah. And it's one of those things that you read, it's like, yeah, it's, it's a fun job, but also, yeah, it will, if you like me and you overthink everything, it will cripple you emotionally for like three days. Well, I think the Black Mirror episode that comes to mind when anyone mentions the, the TV show for me, uh, 
was the one where people have the ability to rewind and look at any moment in their brain. Oh, yeah. That's one I can't watch. Because it like, I, me up. I read the synopsis for it and it really freaked me out. Because as somebody that goes over like conversations in my head and like anxiously looks back on so many things, mm-hmm. the ability to actually just outright play them back to back and like you see it in the TV show, like I think he goes for like, a job interview and he spends like all night just obsessing and just rewinding and watching the job interview over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And he could do that with any moment in his life. And basically, it just starts driving people insane. And people have them removed out. And I think, like, doesn't it, it's, a, like, it's a microcosm of this world. Like, oh yeah, how would like world-changing technology impact people on a day-to-day basis? Mm-hmm. And I read the synopsis, and basically, yeah, a guy's relationship falls apart. It does, because then he becomes like a bit jealous of somebody, but then starts replaying every moment between those two people in his head. Is she cheating on me? Is she not? And then, yeah, he just goes, like, fucking off the rails. But I think I would go off the rails with that kind of technology in my head, too. You drive you mad, yeah, and it's like, Charlie Brooker is a genius when it comes to that. Like, yeah, let's just take what we have. Like, that's just essentially social media turned up to 11. Yes, exactly. Social media captures basically everything you do if you use it. Mm-hmm. And then you know, sends it to a Chinese data servers so they can track your face. <laughs> uh, unless it's in America, where they send it to American data servers. But yeah, like that, it's just take that concept and just like make it a little bit more extreme, and that's what it'd be. Yeah, it's to the point where oh yeah, I can totally believe that that's a technology that's going to exist, and that's why it's so like scary and anxiety-inducing. Yeah, and that's why the best episode. Um, like one of the, it's one of the rare feel good episodes. Is um, I think it's like three million. No, that's the. It's not three million credits. It's one with uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, and it's the one about social scores. Yes, yeah. It's yeah. where again social media turn up to eleven, where everybody has an attached social score to them, mm-hmm. and you can positively or negatively review any person you can like you see or meet mm-hmm. via like um it's like an eye movement. Yeah. It's about a lady's quest to increase her social score enough to like you know be one of the important people yes and like it's just her slow descent into oh no everything's going wrong where um she might has an outburst and everyone who sees the outburst just starts negatively um, reviewing her for no like just on site and then she's yeah. walking down the road and people are driving past seeing that she's got a negative review and just giving her another one for no reason because fuck you and um it's, it's just so good the weirdly enough um a lot of people like called out and it probably is just a similar idea had at a similar time. But um, it appears in Community a few okay. years before it happened in Black Mirror. And it's um, basically they come into the school and go, look, we've developed an app called Meow Meow Beans. And you can rate everyone from one to five stars. Okay. And then very quickly the whole like college community college just descends into, oh, well, we are the five star people. And like, we rule over the fours, who then rule over the threes, and you've got to prove yourself to join our ranks and stuff like that. Yeah. And just both times is, what would happen if we could openly rate everyone and it just very, very quickly just descends into utter chaos? Yeah, there's multiple examples of that, the real world that happening. So obviously, the yeah. Chinese social credit thing is probably the most um, uh, harrowing. But a more amusing example is that Rate My Professor, uh, like, um, which is just, oh, 
um, university professors in America, you can rate them on how effective their course was. Oh, but okay. people very quickly use that to be like, yeah, this professor's ugly and stuff like that. Yeah. And like, just, let's just destroy this guy's self-esteem. Stuff mm-hmm. like that. And then there's um, a couple of offshoots that were Rate My Ex, which I think oh. was a, a short-lived um, offshoot where it's like people rating their ex-boyfriends and girlfriends, which, as you might imagine, just immediately descended into chaos. Yeah, I can't imagine it's just like, yeah, shit. At all. Because, like, one, obviously you can just lie. No one says you have to tell the truth on these things. Mm-hmm. But two, like, people were getting understandably upset to go look at reviews of themselves, like, yeah, shit in bed. Small oh, dick. God. And yeah. then you've got like, and then obviously you bring that up, and then it brings more. It's, it's just this whole can of worms. But I like in the Black Mirror episode, at least it has a happy ending, mm. where she gets picked up when she's walking down the road by a lady with a very very low user score, and she talks to her and goes, "Your score's so low, why?" And the lady just goes, "Because I don't give a shit what other people think." Like, and I, yeah, I, to the point where even um, Bryce Dallas character is like, "Oh my god, you swore," and she's like, "I don't give a fuck." Okay, I used to be like one of the high ranks and then something happened to my husband and now I just don't give a shit. Yeah, and then at the end of the episode is her just telling someone to go fuck themselves. Yeah. And then the guy's telling her to go fuck herself and they both realise it's so freeing to tell people to fuck off and that's why yeah. it's my favourite episode. Because <laughs> they just like end it with going, oh man, it's awesome to just pe- tell people to fuck off. Yeah, when people are being annoying dicks, tell them to fuck off and it's weird how that's my favourite episode. To be honest, Carl, it's not very weird from the side of it. I know, that's the joke. But uh, yeah. Oh, God, speaking, though, of things that can fuck all the way off the edge of my dick, I saw that PlayStation 5 news. Oh, God, which one? Lo- um, uh, it's the backwards compatible stuff, so I think we could talk about that, because that has led to some, uh, not specifically PlayStation can fuck off, but some of the response I've seen to it. But Okay. Like, let's set the scene for everybody and Lucas. Uh, PlayStation 5, it's a, it's a games console. What's the news that got um, uh, released this week? Um, I believe just the start of August 2020 to set the date for everybody. Uh, yeah, I think the news broke yesterday, which would have been like the third. And um, essentially on a PlayStation blog, they answered a couple of questions about how peripherals and accessories are going to work. Mm-hmm. From the PlayStation 4 era into the PlayStation 5. And they said most peripherals will be fully capable of working. Like, you know, a headset for your PlayStation 4 is going to work on your PlayStation 5. Mm -hmm. And in fact, your PlayStation 4 DualShock 4 controller will connect and work with the PlayStation 5. Unless you're playing a PlayStation 5 game, at which point it can't be used at all. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, the reason this is such a strange announcement, because like, if you're not too into technology, you're probably thinking, well, it's a new device. It's mm-hmm. literally got an extra whole number in there. Why should you expect this device to work with the peripherals of the previous devices? Because uh, their biggest competitor, their direct competitor, in fact, Microsoft and the Xbox Series X, have gone on record as saying literally everything you use with your Xbox, down to the online service, will work day one out of the box with the new one, making it a direct upgrade. But you can still use all your controllers, all your peripherals, your online account will save the same, any games you download will carry over. Even your settings between games will carry over. Everything you do, it'll just look crispier and shinier, and you can still play all the new games. And as well, they've confirmed that the new controller 
will work backwards onto the Xbox One. Which they didn't need to do, but I appreciate them doing. It's and not a use case that's going to come up often, but hell, if it does, it works. It shows that they're, they're at the very least, they're trying to build an ecosystem around this. And mm-hmm. the fact that it's very clearly an afterthought for PlayStation, because I believe the excuse is there are new, there's new shit inside the PlayStation 5 controller. Yeah. Um, that they want to be standard on every game for PlayStation 5. So the features that are exclusive to the Dual Sense, they've said they want to be, um, they want every single developer to be able to use the features of the Dual Sense, knowing that every player will be using one. Yeah, um, which uh, that ex- I saw that explanation. I'm not sure if you had a similar response to me, but I looked at that and went fuck off. Like, it's not that; it's you want money. I um, could accept it. If after the last two generations we'd had any addition to a controller that was useful. Yeah, the, I think the last big addition was Rumble, and that was, what, 10, 15 years ago? If you're not talking about Nintendo, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but Rumble is the last addition to the standard controller that mm-hmm. I think most people will be familiar with. Like, you know, four buttons on the face, four shoulder buttons, start, select, and two analog sticks. Exactly, yeah. Like the generic-looking shoulder, like the dual set, like the dual shock for the PlayStation 2 has barely seen any additions to the input methods available to a user. Mm-hmm. Like the visual design has changed, and like the ergonomics of it have, but in terms of input, there's barely been a, a new like addition to that that has worked, with the probably the exception of the middle button, like the home button. Uh, yeah, I'd say so, but again, that's not going to change from like PlayStation 4 to 5. No, and like because... Like, simply like human hands have only got so many fingers on them mm-hmm. so i think four face buttons and four shoulder buttons is about as many as people can handle in yeah addition to, and like, you've got like the elite controller with the paddles on the bottom but most people like don't tend to have those pads because they, they cost some excess but at the same time they've still got it's still got the exact same amount of input methods like the actual design of the controls not changed just the ergonomics like you can these paddles they click faster or something for first person shooters or something I know there's like extra buttons on the back that are like oh. for your um, your fingers that go unused while you're holding the um, handles of the controller, essentially. I did not know that. So it, that's the newest addition. Is that would you make that standard issue? Because I've never used an Elite controller, so I wouldn't know. Um, I've not used one myself, and it's something to me that playing a lot of games like Halo and Destiny, I'm like, that would be a really useful little feature to have an extra couple of buttons like for like a melee button for example, mm-hmm. um, to rather than binding multiple things to one button and okay. them getting mixed up on context, I could see the use for it, but I think it's one of those, of, if you're really that bothered, then yeah, get go and get one of those controllers. The um, specialist controller. Like most... I don't think it's worth the extra price for most people to never use them. And that's the operative word, and that's price, because like, PlayStation have done this since the PlayStation 2. Like the PlayStation 3, um, what was the dumb feature? That they uh, put so into that the was, they removed Rumble originally, yeah. said that was a thing of the past, ironically, yeah. and um, then they added the six-axis motion sensing. And the six-axis, um, if I remember, it was basically, if you move the controller in your hands, things on screen can move as well. Yeah, so it was like um, gyro sensing, so when you tilt the controller, like something will react in the same way on screen, yeah. Okay, and that was a... Um, a tentpole feature 
of the new console. It was like one of the big selling points. Like, These controllers have six axis in them. Yep. And they even had six axis printed on every single official PlayStation 3 controller ever made. And indeed, third party controllers, if they wanted to be like officially licensed, had to have this proprietary Sony technology. And I'm guessing that's one of the reasons why they wanted it. So you have to pay us to use this patented proprietary technology. But anyway, that's yep. besides the point. Can you name a single game for the PlayStation 3 in its entire life cycle that used six axis? Um, so I can. Um, and again, it was a game launched near the start of the PlayStation 3 to show off its use. Is it Lair? Uh, no, it's not actually. Oh, okay. Um, not again. Not another good implementation, but it's in Ratchet and Clank: Tools of Destruction. Okay. And Did it change up gameplay enough for you to give a shit? So essentially, what happened was you would shoot a weapon that shoots a tornado, mm-hmm. and you shoot the tornado, and as you're running around, you can tilt your controller to sh- like change the direction of where the tornado is going, and it was okay. really, really clunky and awkward to use, and I didn't like it. Okay, and the other one, the other famous one is Lair, and the reason it's so famous, or infamous, I should say, is because mm-hmm. Sony pressured the company making Lair to put six axis into the game. So Lair, if people don't know, is a game where you control a dragon. Yeah. And the company making Lair spent literally years developing a highly refined dragon control system using the traditional input methods of a standard controller. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, obviously... Uh, imagine liken it to a flight sim. Where well, um, they actually made the Rogue Squadron Star Wars games beforehand, so that's yeah, why so they were so good at the flight controls. Yeah, like they made flight controls which require a, a certain level of finesse mm-hmm. like, to control a plane. And I've I'm not played many flight simulators, but I've played like some of the dogfighting games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, back in the day, and like yeah, they are. It is difficult to control a plane, and the more refined input methods you have, the easier it is to control the plane. Sony told them, nah, fucking scrap that. Six axis has to be front and center. So they basically told them, you can no longer have two highly accurate control sticks people will be (laughs) intimately familiar with and have been using literally for years at this point to control your dragon. Um, You now have to use a clunky system that involves tilting your controller left and right. Mm -hmm. So this entire system they spent years making was thrown to the wayside to show off this feature the developers of the game absolutely did not want in the game. Yeah. And Sony forced them to include it out of the box and it basically killed the game because it meant that the con- controlling your dragon was almost impossible and the reason I think like you can just highlight like, how petty Sony were is that the company said okay we'll put six axis in but can we at the very least offer the alternate traditional control scheme for people who may not um, like you know, uh, be uh, find it as intuitive as you evidently find the six axis controls. Sony told them no. And as well, uh, just to point out, like Nintendo aren't great with this either. Like motion controls aren't accessible to everybody. Yes, they're not. Like if you're in a wheelchair or something like that. Um, yeah. So like, got... it, depending on like the player themselves, they might not even be able to like attempt to play the game just using motion controls alone. Yeah, and uh, no, that's one of the other things the developers of Lair said. And Sony told them no, it can only ship with six axis, which mm-hmm. created its review score and its preview scores because every person who got hands on it said it's so difficult to control your dragon, which is kind of a big deal when the like the whole idea of the game is controlling a dragon. Like, you literally cannot do the one thing the box promises, 
And I think they worked af- overtime to put in um, regular controls six months after the fact, which oh, in retrospective like, reviews, like, yeah, it makes the game so much better. You can tell. Like, the game feel It's not a great game, but at least you can control your dragon now. Yeah. And it was a Sony, decent game with it. Yeah. And Sony basically killed that game to put in this feature that the only other example you could think of, you openly admitted wasn't very good and you didn't like it. Yeah. And that was a standard feature advertised, like, you know, it's a champion. Like, we want this to... They championed it in all the marketing material and every Sony controller had to have it in, raising the price considerably, and yep. no fucking game used it. Yeah, pretty much no one used it after the first, like, six months to a year. Right, and games that did use it used it in a way where, or more than anything, it was a distraction, because I remember in Last of Us, like, a mm. phenomenal game, which controlled really, really well, but... They had some six-axis implementation, um, such as like when you're walking along a, um, a, a narrow beam. Yes. You can control your character by tilting it left and right. But they never told you about this. Or oh, it didn't happen frequently enough for you to be aware of it. So mm. what would happen is you'd be walking across a beam and your character would fall off. Because you're <laughs> holding your controller lopsided or you're lying down on the sofa or something. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, fuck off. And so, uh, they also had the... Oh, your your light on your bat your battery on your lights running yeah, that's low. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, shake your pad to shake the battery. It's like great. Yeah, a feature that no one gave a shit about, and it's like they say it's to give you. Oh, it makes it more immersive. If anything, it's immersion shattering. Yeah, it literally because is. I, I, I'm engrossed in this really interesting world and story, and nothing takes me out of it faster than quick shake the uh, PlayStation trademark six axis trademark controller really fast. <laughs> it's like. You're doing everything you can to remove me from this world. And then fast forward to PlayStation 4, that has the feature of the touchpad. And Lucas, can you name a single game for the PlayStation 4 that utilizes the touchpad? Uh, I mean, Ghost of Tsushima, I guess. Ghost of Tsushima. And what does it use um, it for? So, like, if you flick left, you play your flute. And if you flick up, you um, you get, like, the wind showing you where to go. Okay. But uh, basically, they are like, just button presses. Yeah, so they could be easily replaced by button presses. Yeah, exactly. Very, very easily. To the point where you'll find yourself asking, what's the fucking point of this? Because I'll tell you now, I have pressed that touchpad and accidentally more times than I've ever pressed it on purpose. <laughs> I have accidentally like scraped my thumb across that and brought up a menu I didn't know was in the game. Yeah, yeah. More, because obviously they have to attach some meaning to it in the games more times by accident than I have ever on purpose. Most of the time it's just a glorified map button. Usually, and it's not instinctual. And then the other feature they put in, the very handy feature, is a light that constantly shines <laughs> on your controller that you can never turn off, which will change depending on what you're doing. And um, the weird thing was, like, the original version of the DualShock 4, it was only on, like, the, the like, I guess the top end of the controller, and you couldn't even see the light. Mm-hmm. And in later versions, there's a tiny bit of light shining through the touchpad as well to show what the, um, yeah, the light can, bar is doing. Because the thing that I love about that, and I, I, it sounds so silly, and that's because it is, but like, I, it cannot be understated how fucking distracting this thing is when you're trying to play at night. Oh, God, yeah, in a dark because, room. Because the number one thing that happens every single time you are playing a game at night with your PlayStation is you see the reflection of the light that's on a part of a controller you can't see 
from the standard holding position reflected off your TV screen. And I don't know if you've tried like covering it with like a blanket or something. It's because... still bright enough to come through. Well, no, I've um, I've like hid it under my duvet when I've been playing in bed, and then it started cutting out the connection. Oh, and my okay. inputs weren't reading properly, and I was like, God damn it. And there is no way to turn this off. And it's one of those things like, yeah, but you can tell you so much about the game at a glance. But you can dim it, Carl. Yeah, and some of the things it'll do, like in Borderlands, for example, if you're using corrosive weapons, it'll be green. If you're using a fire weapon, it'll be orange. And then if you're playing Grand Theft Auto, if you're being chased by the police, it'll flash blue and red. Yeah, yeah. Which is cool, but it's like, when they sell it as, oh, it's a thing that adds to the immersion... There's nothing immersive about looking away from the game I'm playing at the thing in my hands because it's fucking going crazy. Exactly, yeah. And it's just like, it, and again, this is a feature that is standard on every one of these controllers. And all it does is add to the cost and drain your battery life. And I know the argument is nowadays um, with PSVR, um, you need the light bar to um, be on so that you could get like the motion sensing read by the camera. You don't need to have a light, you just need to have an infrared sensor in there, which can literally be invisible to the human eye. I, I think it's because it, it provides a lot better tracking, it's similar to the tech. It's like, yeah, they okay, use fair with the move pad. But if you're going to have that excuse, just let me buy like the VR pad or the non VR pad. No, because then they can't put the cost up. And like, well, exactly, that, yeah. And Sony are so bad for this, like Sony specifically, that I have no faith that it's not just an attempt to get more money out of consumers because. If we add all these bullshit extra features nobody asks for, nobody cares about, and then put them in a couple of launch games and then have every developer ignore them by the wayside, we can still charge a premium for the controller because it has to have all these proprietary um, uh, things we've invented for it included. Carl, you're forgetting about like another feature. What's that? The tiny oh. little like built-in speaker. Oh, yeah, that all it does is um, just play a tinny noise that distracts you from your gameplay. And again, <laughs> can't be tur- I think that can be turned off, can't it? Uh, it depends on the game. Okay, so yeah, so you can't turn it off all the time. No. Um, and again, just drains your battery life. Yeah. And also, because fuck you, you can't replace the batteries in a PlayStation controller, which is something I don't think I've, I've turned around harder on. Where yeah. I remember when Xbox One came out, it's like, I've still got to buy fucking batteries. Mm-hmm. For my control, this is the future. Everything has a rechargeable battery in it. I've still got to buy fucking Dora cells for my Xbox controller. Fast forward ten years, when I might still got my Xbox One in my house, or like however many years it's been since I bought it. Like and I'm like, oh, I have, yeah. I have like a really, I have some nice rechargeable batteries that last ten hours, and when they when they run out, I can just get another two set of batteries that I just in the little charger that's in the corner of my room, out of the yeah. way and just continue playing without any effort. Mm-hmm. I'm play- when I'm playing my PlayStation, oh, it run out of battery, I have to get the proprietary cable that came with the console. That's not long enough to stretch across my front room and plug yeah. it into the back of my controller. But because it has to be, uh, every time the um, the connection like falters ever so slightly, my controller thinks it's been plugged in for the first time and disconnects me from the game. Yeah. And it's infuriating. It's so bad. And as you say... When they announced both these, I was like, wait, Xbox doesn't have a rechargeable controller. What a fucking shit move. And nowadays, I'm like, thank God I can put like just rechargeable batteries in these pads. And I don't have to deal with the thing of where the fuck is the charger for the controller. And also, I don't mind. I bought like the playing charge kit for my Xbox One. But at least if that battery dies 
I know I can just take it out and put something else in. I can't do that with a PS4 pad. Yeah, if the battery dies in that, it's fucked. And it's like, yeah. you can tell as well, well, if it's fucked, what's the solution there, Lucas? Buy another one. It and this can lead us into the DualSense 5, where um, I'm not so much angry at Sony, because Sony's got a Sony. Like, there's so many awful proprietary things I've done, like um, the Sony Vita uh, was basically oh, the killed. the memory by, cards. It yeah. was killed from this, because Sony, despite making memory cards, um, decided that the Vita handheld console had to use proprietary Vita memory cards that mm-hmm. they refuse to license out, so you can't buy third-party versions. And the prohibitive cost of those things is basically what killed any interest um, from players in that device. Because not only do I have to buy a £200 console, if I want to save my game, I have to buy an £80 memory card when I know I can go buy a 128 gig uh, micro SD for like a tenner. Yeah, and that's the thing is they were a good four or five times the price of any other memory card available on the market. And they never released a third-party version. They never licensed out the design to let someone make a third-party version for cheaper. And it's because something they... to this day that has stopped me buying a PlayStation Vita because every now and then I'll go, oh yeah, Vitas are quite cheap. Now, oh wait, the memory cards. Yeah. And then they've got the Sony PSP where they made a... Pro- Fair enough, but like they call it the, the disc Universal. that you put into it. But the thing that pissed me off, they call it the UMD, the Universal Media Disc. It's, like, it's not fucking universal, it works in one device. Fuck it you. only works on a PSP. And then the PlayStation 3 um, didn't have a battery pack, again, which makes sense, but it didn't plug in. So how do you charge it? Oh, with a proprietary Sony PS3 um, controller charger. Yeah, it wasn't like a... A, a standard micro-USB. It USB. wasn't a micro-USB, it was like a mini-USB that yeah, Sony which... use on all their devices, but no one so, else does. So it's, yeah, uh, so if you... If you just so happen to own a PlayStation 3 but you don't own any of the devices that use micro-USB and you lose that charger or it breaks, you mm-hmm. shit out of luck and your PlayStation 3 controllers don't work anymore. And it's exactly what Apple do where like they've got their lightning chargers, is it? But mm-hmm. they only work on like Macs and Apple devices. Or specific so, uh, Apple you... iPhones sometimes. Like, so if you lose it, you're fucked. Yep. And, and basically you've got to pay like a £20 fee for a new cable compared to buying a charger that costs like three quid for your android phone and it's one of those things where like yeah it's a minor thing and it's like something you only have to deal with like once or twice mm-hmm. um, like you know every couple of months it doesn't like a big deal but it's fucking infuriating every time you have to deal with it it's like you find yourself thinking they did this to make money and oh, they yeah. must and they must have anticipated my frustration and they don't care and that's what annoys me about it it's not that they did it, it's that they they clearly know that this pisses people off and they don't care. They really don't. And the thing is as well, um, we were talking about this yesterday, is like, look, most um, third-party developers, if they're making a game for both consoles, they're not probably going to include many or any DualSense features. Which why would you? Because then you have to take them out for the Xbox version. Exactly. So you'd be spending time to only like put it in half the versions of your game. But, um, and you also, like, as well, as a developer, don't want to say, well, the dual, we make use of DualSense in the PlayStation version, the PlayStation version's better. Because all oh, that, yeah, exactly. Because no developer is going to be fucking stupid enough to say, yeah, this version of the game is better. Because um, no yeah. one's going to buy that. They're not. Um, and we'll get onto that in a second. But <laughs> That's why I said it. Um, yeah, so like the what infuriates me is any developer that doesn't want to utilize DualSense features you're still not allowed to use the PS4 pad, which would work 
it would in theory work if they're not using dual sense features like on a multi-platform game might not you're still not allowed to use a ps4 pad because like if it if it can work on an xbox and like a playstation controller is functionally identical to a playstation 4 controller yeah with the with the one caveat of the touchpad which no one uses anyway mm-hmm. um and then if the device works on an xbox what an xbox series x it would like the controller input we said is backwards compatible yeah so yeah. in theory yeah a playstation 4 controller would work fine but it won't it won't because they tell you it won't work like that's yeah. it they've it just could. decided it won't work even but though it, it could would. it'd require like a, a, a minor amount of legwork on behalf of the developer and, and um, I don't know if you've seen, but there was a little dunk from Xbox yet again today. Yeah, where they, I saw the one yesterday where they released a thing of, um, yeah, just all of our peripherals are backwards compatible. What kind of an idiot wouldn't do that? Oh, no, there's a new new bit to the story card. Oh, okay. So um, Xbox today announced, like, look, Xbox, um, the Project X Cloud and Game Pass are combining. I, I still say, though... On, uh, fuck September all these naming, con- but fuck all these naming conventions. Oh yeah, fuck the naming conventions. But like their <laughs> X Cloud, which is you know their streaming service for games. X Cloud, sure, yeah, okay. Um, is coming to to like Game Pass as a bundle now from September fifteenth, mm-hmm. and they clarify, oh, um, you can use any accessory, including like you can also play with your Xbox One Bluetooth wireless controller and PlayStation DualShock Four controllers. <laughs> Oh, that's so good. Oh, because... Like, oh, man. The reason I'm glad that Xbox is doing this is because right at the start of the current generation's life cycle, um, Xbox had a really shaky start where it was all that always online bullshit. Yeah. Where um, it's almost unbelievable they tried to put it in. Where it was, um, you can no longer buy used games for your system. Instead, mm-hmm. you have to buy, you buy a license and you can trade a game with a friend, but only if it's... One, uh, you can only do that three times and after that point you have to buy a new license and there's this whole convoluted mess that was basically like fuck you give us more money and it almost killed the console in the crib and basically put PlayStation like a mile forward from the start and it was a horrible horrible conference but weirdly enough looking back most of those things have been slowly implemented by PlayStation and Xbox anyway. Yeah, but the th- reason it was really funny is because PlayStation, um, in response to this, made a 30-second-long video after they... Uh, Microsoft spent, like, a 10 minutes on stage explaining how you trade games with your friends. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, you first you try and you change the license and you have to sign in on each other's contracts. And PlayStation literally got their head of marketing or whatever and just went, here's how you trade games on PlayStation. It's just handing it off to his mate. And that was just instantly became like a fucking famous video. Yeah, it's just here's how to dunk on the competition. It was like a huge fuck you to Microsoft, and it was just like this is like how you counter the anti-consumer bullshit of Microsoft. And now, fast forward to the end of the console generation, Microsoft. Like it's not quite the same, but they're in a similar boat of yeah. There's all these features we're implementing that are obvious now in retrospect, but PlayStation are actively trying to make excuses for not doing. Mm-hmm. I want them to do a thing of, here's how you use uh, your PlayStation, uh, here's how you use your Xbox One controller on Xbox Series X. It's just the guy <laughs> just puts it, presses the button and starts playing. Yeah, I'd love that. And just, I want them to recreate the exact um, uh, backdrop to that original PlayStation video. 
Oh god, but I just love that moment of like, yeah, you can um, play like place- any Xbox game on the go, even with a PlayStation Four control. So you can you can play next gen games on with a PlayStation Four controller, but only on Xbox. Yeah, it's like, oh man, like you should be, they should put that in the the marketing only on Xbox. <laughs> like they should do because it's it's literally the truth and yeah. Um, to like rein it back in a little bit, so like specifically, like it's, I'm annoyed at PlayStation. I'm more annoyed at the responses that I've seen of just okay. the amount of rampant. Uh, sorry, so because like the console wars are not really a thing anymore. Like, or at least they're not something I've actively bothered to take notice of. Like Xbox versus PlayStation was a huge thing back in the day. Presumably, still is to this day, and there are um, no doubt countless people on forums right now screaming at each other about which console is better. That I'm not too bothered about anymore because fuck it, I'm just going to buy the one that I want with the games on it I like. Mm-hmm. What does piss me off though is the fanboyism. Yeah, uh, It's not people arguing which one is better, it's arguing why one isn't so bad. And yeah, I've seen yeah. this in response to PlayStation and a specific like, phrase that has really, really like got my goat, ground my gears, whatever um, uh, laboured metaphor you want to use uh, while we beat the shit out of this horse while jumping over a shark... <laughs> is like people's very understandable frustration of what well, I what about if I want to play with my friends? Mm-hmm. I, I it's only shits with one controller. The smarmy response of just buy another controller. Well, I hate that shit. And it it pisses me off that people can be so fucking selfish. Yeah. Like I, I didn't grow up with much. I was very lucky to grow up and like have like a console. Shared mm-hmm. console for me and my brothers, and we had a PlayStation 1 and a PlayStation 2. We got them years after the fact, but we still had them. Yeah. And years later, I've really, really grown to appreciate like the amount of money my parents spent buying a second controller. Yeah, sure. sure it, was, yeah. it was a shitty Mad Cats one that didn't always, work as well. Always, yeah. But they bought a second one so me and my brother could play games together. Mm-hmm. And I really do I like treasure those memories. Like of me and my little brother like playing Tekken together, playing racing games together. Because we yeah. had that option. And the idea that people could be like so callous and just like, we'll just buy another one. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, fair enough, you, young person who I, you know, um, uh, has no dependents or anything like that, who has, evidently has the disposable income to blow on like an £80 peripheral exactly, for a console. Yeah. Like, but what, about, what, what I think is like, the people who are in my position, how I was like 20 years ago, of, oh, I like video games. It'd be nice to play with my brother or my friend and you get the new console. Maybe even like they'll get it secondhand years yeah, yeah. after the PlayStation comes out. Like I, when I got my first PlayStation 2 mm-hmm. and me and my brother were really excited to play our games and our parents, they bought a second controller for us so we could play our PlayStation 2 together on Christmas Day. Yeah. And they have that moment and they sit down and they want to play with their brother or their friends come over and they haven't got a controller. And again, and, as you say, like, they're not like things that you can buy for... 30, 40 quid anymore. They're things that cost £80. Pounds. Like, they're, like, they're ain't closing in on £100. And you can't buy a shitty third-party one. No, there's can't all this proprietary all the, bullshit shoved in. All the extra shit they put in there, yeah. And, and um, I found it similar to the argument with like Joy-Cons. Yeah. And it was like, oh, Nintendo, in the UK at least... Oh, we had uh, this, didn't we, live on stream once? Yeah, they're refusing to... Um, like fix Joy-Con drift, they're not saying it's a problem. And I have like nine Joy-Cons and I think five of them have drift. And then people immediately respond with, we'll just, just buy them all. 
to buy another one. It's like, it's not about like, I can afford to buy another one, but it's the fact I shouldn't have to. Yeah. And like, yeah, it's a new device with a new input method. Mm-hmm. And you can argue like, yeah, why would you why would you expect for all your old stuff to still work with it? And it's like, maybe that is like, you know, a big ask, but when your direct competitor's doing it. And I think and they, as well, just like we live in a world now where A, most devices, um, say your phones, for example, your like peripherals, generally speaking, can move like forward with like the new generation of phones. And both boxes are essentially just PCs and we're upgrading to more powerful PCs now. Yeah. It's not like the PlayStation 3 where it had very unique and, you know, apparently awkward to program hardware inside. It's just a PC. Like both boxes are just PCs and we're moving to a more powerful PC. If I upgraded my desktop and they were like, yeah, you've got to buy like, new keyboards and mouse for it. you got to buy a new monitor. It's like, what the fuck? You'd be t- you'd sort of fuck off, wouldn't you? Exactly, like, yeah. Imagine you bought a new phone and, like, uh, your headphones didn't work with it. Yeah. Well, that's... Do you know what happened to me? Because I bought... I got an iPhone through, through work. Oh, there's no headphone jack. I've got to buy Bluetooth headphones, which I have now. But if I'd have had, like, a set of Bluetooth headphones, like, oh, no, sorry, we don't use Bluetooth anymore. We use Red Tooth. <laughs> uh, so your Bluetooth headphones are broken now. Fuck you. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you'd sort of fuck off. It's like, oh, well, um... This new phone, it uses a feature of your Bluetooth headphones where, like, it cancels out even more noise. So you can't use your old ones. Yeah. Is that what? It's like, oh, it's a new feature that no one asked for. It's like, well, can I still use my old one if I don't want to use that feature? No. It's yeah. standard going forward now. What about the device that I spent all this money on? Fuck you, buy it. And then you say that and someone goes, buy another one. It's like, I can't afford another one. Well, don't play games then. Oh. Well, yeah, okay. and the fact that it's, oh, you've just spent, what? We haven't had a price announcement yet, but I imagine close to, if not five hundred pounds, mm-hmm. on one of these like new PlayStations or Xboxes, and you get told, "Oh, by the way, go and buy like, another sixty to hundred pound controller with it, and some games." What? What? It's just that thing about. I always like, it's a super specific scenario, but just the the image in my head of some like working mom, single parent, whatever, like saving up scrimping and saving to get their kid like an xbox for christmas mm-hmm. and then buying it and then making the mistake because obviously they're maybe not, maybe not computer literate or they're not yeah. aware and not buying the peripherals that are required and yeah, it doesn't exactly. work out the box and then that christmas day's ruined or that kid's birthday's ruined and then when they're like oh well maybe we can go get another controller how much do they cost and they look it up on their phone and it's like oh it's 80 quid we can't yeah. afford that oh i, I guess and kids. for, like, people in our kind of um, background where, you know, we're in our late 20s, we have some depend... Um, we have no dependents. We have no dependents. We have disposable income. Like, that is a hyper-specific scenario to us, but I actually don't think it's that specific. I think that's quite a common thing. Yeah, not look, they're very expensive boxes. I expected when I paid £500 to, like, get everything I needed. Yeah. It's not even like that's it's like it's well, I live that, I grew up with that. Yeah, same, yeah. And like I've had a friend of mine go, I don't give a shit how much the controller costs. It's like and I told him that story. I was like, well just picture this for a moment. And he turned around and went, Yeah, that would be annoying. It's like, yeah, imagine that now. Yeah. Like put yourself in someone else's shoes for just a second. And imagine how pissed off you'd be. And that's why people are upset about this decision. It's like, oh yeah. That's the thing is I'm not particularly upset about the decision. From a for personal myself, perspective, yeah. On a personal level, 
I'm annoyed because just as a whole like consumer, you know, market, that's a shitty move. It is, and it's really just it's disheartening to see. And it's as well you can see, oh, this is what they're trying to do for the future. And they want us to just buy new every single time. You know, companies want us to do that. Yeah, and I think what? Sony have doubled down and shown that's what they intend to do. Continue to do it. And which leads us into Lucas. This must be your favourite story of the week. Oh. Another Sony story. Where <laughs> what? Have, what else have Sony done, Lucas, to show that they really fucking hate? Uh, the um, idea of people not buying their console and their console yeah. alone. So uh, the Marvel Avengers game is coming out, I think, in September. Mm. Looks and, good. Um, Who's in that game again? Is it uh, the Avengers? The Avengers are in their game, yeah. Oh, cool. And uh, you'll be able to play as all of your favourites, you know, Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, Black Widow, Hulk. And uh, post-launch, exciting news, you'll be able to play as Spider-Man. But only on the PlayStation. Only on PlayStation. Yeah. So they paid money to just have the most famous superhero in the world exclusive to their console in a video game celebrating those heroes. And this is a cross-platform game, right? Uh, Yeah, so it is on um, at least Xbox One, PlayStation 4, Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5. I can't remember about PC, but I presume it's on PC as well. And Spider-Man is exclusive Permanently, it's not a tiny release or anything. Like Spider Man is only on the PlayStation version. Um, I believe so. That's all they've said so far because, like, PlayStation do have some of the rights of Spider Man. Um, Sony does. Uh, yeah, Sony does. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, Sony own the PlayStation brand and mm-hmm. company, so like that extends along to PlayStation. Um, and I am just checking now, just to double check. I assume. Uh, that it's coming to PC. I don't want to get this wrong. And like, um, yeah, so it is coming to Google Stadia and PC oh as well. Oh, God. Look at that. The most forgotten of all consoles. Uh, so, yeah, out of all of those platforms, it will only be on the PlayStation platform. Yeah. And you just look at it from a developer's standpoint and go, how much did they pay you to make you basically go out on stage and say, every version of this game except the PlayStation one is not fucking worth buying? Yep. Like, how much money does it take to go out and just tell everybody who's not buying your game on PlayStation to go and fuck themselves? Because that's like essentially massive, what this is. massive, massive go fuck yourself. It's a huge middle finger, because it's not even, like, a costume or something. It is the most famous and popular character in all of comic books. Is like, exclusive to this version of the game. Yeah, the biggest, and even, I would say, after, you know, the MCU, still... The biggest Marvel character there is is Spider-Man. He's like, no, he's only in this version. And it's like, oh, great. And I understand, like, it's marketing, and they, yeah, a... they hold some rights. And PlayStation, as a brand, are there to, like, try and get people onto their consoles. I fucking get it, but it still doesn't stop it being shitty for the consumer. Yeah, and that's what I, I don't get. Like, you'll see people, like, the, the fanboyism again of, like, well... It's not that bad. It's, they are allowed to do that. It's within their rights. Like, it's within their rights, but it's still a dick move. Yeah, and as you say, it's like they, uh, they as in like, you know, Square Enix and Crystal Dynamics, the developers and publishers, are basically coming out and being like, fuck you if you don't buy it on PlayStation. Like, you get an inferior version of the game. And 
here's where I draw the line. So I, I saw that you retweeted like their announcement, and they pin it as a good thing. Because obviously, it's marketing. You can't say, ha-ha, ha-ha, look, we've got this. Well, it's like, fuck you, Xbox, yeah. It's like Spider-Man coming only to the PlayStation. It's like yeah. that in their weird marketing way of putting it. But I would have so much more respect, and I would be fully on board with it if their announcement was just, fuck you. <laughs> like if the announcement was just fuck you Spider-Man's on PlayStation if it was would, just I'd, hashtag fuck Xbox yeah I'd look at it and I'd go well it's a dick move but at least they're acknowledging it yeah like, and I, it reminds me a little bit of like the old days of the console wars of like um, where you would have companies directly calling out competitors in their own ads or like um, Sega do Sega what Nintendo do yeah, or that. getting like Crash Bandicoot to go shit talk Nintendo at the headquarters. Yeah, they had uh, these are actual ads that ran on TV, folks. Of yeah. a, a guy in a Crash Bandicoot costume standing outside Nintendo headquarters, calling him a bunch of pricks. Like just standing there with a megaphone, being like, "Yeah, PlayStation's better than Nintendo." And I genuinely did not know that was a thing you could do. Like, I could just, I would just naturally assume that there'd be some law somewhere deep within like you know what you're allowed to do in advertising that you can't just shit talk other companies apparently you can't because otherwise i don't get why all adverts don't directly call out other ones well there's um the obviously famous series of um microsoft versus um apple wasn't that wasn't no it wasn't microsoft it was mac and pc Mac and PC, that was it, but yeah. PC is yeah. not specifically a Microsoft thing, so it was read as a direct attack on Microsoft, because that's only the only people who made them. Yeah. But they're probably the only ones I can remember. I, there is, I would just adore, or I would like, be happy to live in a world where companies just shit-talk each other, like they did then. Because I, I can't believe those adverts got made, and I'm baffled that what like, if they did get made, or they did get made, I'm trying to what they say. I'm baffled that if they somehow did get made and evidently it was fine to do that, mm. as embarrassing as it probably is to look back with the gift of hindsight and see the companies who were talking mad shit maybe shouldn't have been doing that. Yeah. Like maybe Sega should have been sat there going, yeah, Sega's the best, Sonic's going to live forever, <laughs> fuck Mario. But like, I don't get why, if that was the thing that was allowed back then, why can't ads still be doing it now? Um, I think, to be honest, like they could... But generally speaking, like the game, um, like the gaming community has seen it as like more beneficial for everyone to, like, you know, play nice. Yeah, and I think as well, it just probably comes across as a bit childish. It does, and I think maybe... that's what they're trying to get past is like, look, if we're going to shake off the image that gaming is for children, let's not act like this anymore. Yeah, but I even in other companies, like there's huge rivals out there, like fast food. Yeah. I think the only example I feel is fast food, where we've talked about it a few times in videos before, where I believe it was like Taco Bell mm-hmm. or some other like big fast food chain went and got a bunch of guys called Ronald McDonald. Oh yeah. And then hired them to stand on camera and say, I like Taco Bell. Just so yeah. it's like they could put on billboards around, usually in front of McDonald's restaurants saying, Oh, I love to eat at Taco Bell, Ronald McDonald. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, why is it just fast food that does that? And I think the only other like man- manufacturer's device that I think engage in it to a degree are phone makers. Uh, but uh, to usually a certain not, degree, yeah. But usually not in like legacy media, in legacy media like print and television. But there are certainly a lot of online ads that have done it. My favourite being, I think it's a Samsung ad, where uh, are you familiar with the notch at all? Um, no. On iPhones, where like, instead of having a pure black screen. 
they have that awful notch at the top oh, where, you, where your camera and right. your microphone live. Yeah, so you don't yeah, have yeah. a completely black screen. You have an awful running down bar. Well, I think it was Samsung or some other phone manufacturer did a series of ads where they just got a guy with that haircut <laughs> where he has like he has like a buzz cut, but it's really dark, and then he has like a a weird bumpy notch coming right down into the middle of his forehead. That's super obnoxious. Oh no! And they just have him walking around doing that. Oh, <laughs> like, that's all they have. Yeah, it's like they are so obviously calling out how shit the iPhone looks. <laughs> like in terms of like screen presence. It's like oh man, I want more things to start doing it. I love it. So I'm um, I'm surprised more people didn't jump on Samsung when the whole you know. Phones were exploding in people's oh, that was pockets. So good. That, happened. That was prime opportunity. That was to, ju- to just release an ad, like Apple to release an ad, like the new iPhone 11. It doesn't explode. <laughs> or just show a guy getting on a plane with it without being taken, like tackled by the TSA. Yeah, because people were getting banned from flights for having the phones on them. Yeah, we've talked before. Like one of my favourite stories is the guy who changed his Wi-Fi name to um, uh, Samsung Note 7. (laughs) And an entire flight had to disembark because they thought there was a Note 7 on board. It's like, why did no company jump on that and just take the opportunity to have some free shots at their direct competitors' balls? And, like, to be honest, I'm sure someone tried, but I never saw, like, a mainstream advert going, getting shared around, and that is surprising. It's probably because there will be a libel... Amount to it, because I think. But all I, you have to do is you don't like again. You don't, don't acknowledge mention it. the brand. You just say, "Look, our phones don't explode." And that's all you got to do. And then it's in the public conscience. But I'm guessing like a company as big as Samsung would find a way to like drag that into court. But I would love to see it. I would absolutely love to see it. It's like yeah, you can get on a plane with our phone. You can't do that. With <laughs> one, you can't do that with at least one of our competitors' phones. Yeah. That's all you got to say because that's factually correct. But. Um, I'm guessing just companies don't want the hassle. They don't want to seem childish, but I'd love it. Um, I, I think oh, I want more God. mascots standing outside the competitors' offices calling a dicks. It'd be great. Yeah, because I can't remember the um, the name that Sega made up now. Um, but Sega literally came up with like a bullshit marketing term to say that their um, their consoles are more powerful. Oh, did they? Oh, blast processing. That was it. Oh, is that just one of those um, like things that they just made up to sound good? That, like people asked like developers and stuff, and people at Sega, "What is blast processing?" It's I've got no fucking clue. Oh, and it just a... didn't exist. It was just a word that the marketing team came up and went, "Yeah, we've got blast processing." Because and then it... you can put it on yeah. your ads, and it's like, well, why isn't Nintendo saying they are blast processing? Wait, does Nintendo not have blast processing? Oh my god! And it's like, yeah, we just made it up. Uh, that's similar to in the world of car manufacturing. Have you ever heard the term Corinthian leather? I think I've heard of it before. It was a very famous ad from way back in like the 70s or 80s, I want to say, hmm. uh, where they got, um, a, I forget the actor's name now, he has a really distinctive, you know, I think Spanish accent, where it's like, oh yes, our new car comes with Corinthian leather. Hmm. And they asked him years later, what's Corinthian leather? It's like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> there's, no, there's no such thing. We just made it up because it sounds posh. And so yeah, it's in yeah. our cars, and then we trademark the term so no one else can use it. So what you had then is all the people going to their car dealers and going, oh, does this car have Corinthian leather? No, only this one does. Oh, I'll get that one then. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, it reminds me a little bit of the, um, my idea to become rich with apples, and it is buy an orchard and just release apples. And yeah. 
it's difficult to sell an apple. It's a fucking apple, isn't it? Who's gives yeah, a shit? Yeah. I'll buy whatever one's like, you know, on special that day. At my apples, though, all I've got to do is on the cover, just put pigeon safe. Or maybe not pigeon. Like, what's <laughs> the, what, Lucas, what's an animal people like? Hedgehogs, all right? People like hedgehogs. Hedgehog safe, yeah. Just put hedgehog safe on the cover. That's it. All apples are hedgehog safe, but now I've clarified, mine are hedgehog safe. Because then that puts um, the question into people's minds of, wait, Wait, are other apples not, not hedge- safe for hedgehogs? Yeah, what's what's the deal here? Are other apples like do hedgehogs just get caught up in like the orch- like the um, harvesting machines or something like that? I don't have to say they do. I just have to, all I've got to do is just on our packaging just put safe. Like our apples are harvested with hedgehogs in mind, and no hedgehogs are hurt when we harvest them. <laughs> and then people will be looking on the store shelves and go, well. These ones are, like, so when you, like, go buy eggs, no one, like, I don't think anybody gives a shit about what brand of eggs they buy, but mm. everybody picks up the ones that have free range on them now. Yeah, yeah. And that's become a huge problem for people who make eggs because free range is so nebulous a term where you can technically have free range chickens that are still horribly mistreated. Yeah, of course. So yeah. they're looking for, like, other terms. But, like, people will always buy eggs with free range and egg manufacturers quickly cotton on to that, and that's why every brand of eggs is free range. Despite like the range of treatment of chickens being quite vast, mm-hmm. um, from company to company, and like it's led to like a push like well we need to like you know get come up with more specific terms for like how the chickens uh, the chickens are treated. And I wanted to do a similar thing with apples. So <laughs> yeah, my apples are like, harvested and no hedgehogs are hurt. Just so other apple manufacturers then have to start putting that on their packaging. Oh, I think I've just like got the name for this podcast. Just calls apples a hedgehog safe. Yeah, there you go. Because it's um. I w- Reminded of it when I was, oh not reminded, but I was inspired to do it when I saw um, a guy who was like, "How can I make the cheapest possible products?" It was mm. a, an, it was a consumer advocate series for like BBC Three, I think. Oh, okay. Where, where a guy basically goes in and goes, "Okay, how cheaply can I make certain foodstuffs while complying with the rules?" and regulations put in place to highlight how bad some food is. And right. he, he does one episode where he's making apple pies. Okay. And he goes, how, what is the definition of an apple pie according to trading standards? It's like, well, it has to have this much apple in it. And that's it, basically. And he goes, okay, what is the cheapest apple like, sauce I can make to put yeah. inside my apple pie? And he makes what um, is described as wallpaper paste. With apples in it. It's like, this is how cheap you're able to make it while still complying with rules and regulations for it to constitute what is basically the minimum what applesauce can be. And then he puts that inside the cheapest possible um, pastry. Mm -hmm. And then what he does is he, um, uh, at the end of like the the baking process, gets a knife and puts a pinprick in the top of every single one. Yeah, yeah. With the knife. And then he can advertise it being hand-finished. So... Hand finished apple, like hand finished oh, apple pie God. with, and then he like comes up with a bunch of other marketing terms that are technically correct, yeah. but not like you know in the spirit of what he's actually advertising by saying like, oh yeah, from like this farm. He goes, is it mm-hmm. from a farm? It's like no, the company who just buys the apples wholesale and processes them and sells me the cores is just called insert something farm. But uh, it sounds right, like it's okay. from a farm, and then he like um, changes his name legally to like something like farm or whatever. Yeah. So it's like, um, or like Honest John, I think it's like one of his things. It's like, it's so amazing. And then the thing that inspired me is on his packaging, he puts Dolphin Safe. <laughs> and uh, because he goes and speaks to a marketing company and they tell him, well, technically they are Dolphin Safe, so you can put that on if you want. Yeah. And like, no, it doesn't really matter because obviously 
yeah, that's a given. But if you want to put it on, you can. So he puts Dolphin Safe on his packaging. Because, yeah, again, as we were talking about, it implies that maybe other apple pies aren't Dolphin Safe, but he's not saying that. No, he's just... Put, All he's yeah. saying is that, look... Like all other apple pies, these pies do not affect dolphins in any way. No. And he goes and he tries to sell it to a supermarket manufacturer and a, a supermarket supplier, and they very quickly see through most of it. Yeah. Because they look at the ingredients and go, these things are fucking terrible. Mm-hmm. And, bec- and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact they know they're on camera. Oh, because, probably, yeah. Because he's like on camera with them, and he's talking about all well, the profit margins would be amazing. Like, look at, like, it costs us this much to make it, and because we like putting all this package on it, and in taste test, people can't tell the difference. Mm-hmm. If we put it inside, like, you know, grease paper, so it looks like, like, vaguely homemade, or has, like, you know, that air of pseudo-poshness to it. Yeah. Like, it looks like you could maybe buy it on the shelf at Mark's Spencer's, and we can comfortably charge this much money for profit margin. And you see the guy from, like, Tesco and going, well, that, that may be the case, but we don't want to mislead the consumer in this way. Which is very funny because in like two years later, Tesco were caught selling fucking horse meat. Yeah. Because this exact thing happened with manufacturers in like Eastern Europe where they were buying dead, diseased horses, grinding it up and putting it in lasagna. Yeah, yeah. It's the thing that happened. It is. And um, it's similar to kind of, um, there's a lot of things, and a good example I can think of is there's like seafood sticks that you can buy. Yeah, they're and awful then. Colloquial, no, like colloquially known as crab sticks, they actually contain like just nebulous seafood items, just blended together and formed into a shape. Yeah, and like I've always got told as a kid, like, oh yeah, these are crab sticks. It's like, oh well, they must be made of crab. It's like, no, no, they're made of anything off the floor. Yeah, and it's just like, oh okay, I guess you just like pasted up some things from the water and went, cool, have yeah. these. And there's a couple of other ones, like uh, the most famous one, at least in Britain, is sausages. Uh, where mm-hmm. sausage is not just a descriptor of, you know, a tube of offal that you cook. Um, it yeah. is a thing that is a, is a specific um, uh, criteria for a sausage. And I think, I don't remember the exact percentage, but it's around 40%. For a sausage to be called a sausage, it has to be at least 40% meat. Otherwise, you can le- you cannot legally call it a sausage. And yeah. in this show, what the guy does is he makes a sausage that has like thirty percent meat in it, so it's cheaper. But he calls it a banger instead. Uh, because by law, sausages must oh. be thirty percent meat. Thirty percent meat. Sausages can um, contain. Oh, go away! Go away! Stop it! <laughs> no cookies! No. Go away! Yeah. No. Like they uh, sausages can contain a range of meats from venison to veal. Some 83% of sausages in the UK are pork. Yeah. So, like, the legal definition of a sausage has to be 30% meat. So he makes it with, like, basically no meat whatsoever, and he fills the rest out with just bollocks off the floor. Like, oh, yeah, let's just fill it up with, um, because it has to contain meat, but uh, fat doesn't count. So he puts, like, 10 15% sausage meat, but then puts just, like, fills it out with fat and breadcrumbs and all that other stuff. Yeah, it just says here, uh, you know, going back to Tesco, lovely misleading people. Meat in Tesco sausages had the most gristle of 24% of the sausage. Yeah, and he basically makes a the worst possible sausage it is possible to make. Yeah. with it's This is legally as bad as a sausage can be without me calling it, like, not a sausage. Mm-hmm. And then he does it in a taste test and people can't taste the difference. Yep. And he's like, here's an expensive sausage. 
here's my sausage, and they taste it and go, well, that one's nicer, but I wouldn't mind this one. Yeah. And it's like, this is why they do it. And I love that idea that, yeah. Um, so if you ever go to a shop, or if you ever find yourself a lovely audience in a cheaper shop, look for the cheapest off-brand sausages you can and see if they have the word sausage on the cover. Because sometimes they'll write the word banger, which is what he does. Right. They, they legally cannot call it a sausage, they can call it, but they can call it a banger, which is a colloquialism for a sausage. Exactly, yeah. And I think that's how a lot of um, people get around it. And I love things like that where you're talking about taste tests. And it's like, the one that I always look at is like, oh, um, sommelier's doing like the blind uh, taste test for wines. And they can never fucking tell the difference. And it's amazing. Like, here's a £200 bottle of red and here's like Tesco's finest wine. And they can't tell the difference. Yeah, they're like, yeah, this one's definitely the expensive bottle. It's like, that costs four quid, mate. Yeah, um, like sommeliers have been thrown off in tests. Um, like, I think the, the most egregious thing they've been fooled by is pouring dye into white wine. <laughs> pouring it pouring it into a red wine bottle and then giving it to the sommelier and asking them to rate it and they'll say, Yeah, it's, it's not a great red wine, but I can certainly taste like you know how thick and like, you know, dense it is, I can taste the fruits, and they give them the white wine without the dye in it from the white wine bottle, and yeah. they'll give it a completely different flavour profile. Oh god, it's amazing. And then when you ask them to defend that decision, it's like, well, um visual acuity comes a lot into the perception of wine because so what you're saying is then your ability to taste is basically completely fucking bunk and doesn't yeah. impact. It's almost like taste is subjective and not something you should be able to rank things on, or at least not you be able to. And we shouldn't place any stock in your opinion. Well, yeah, um, like we've in fact got a friend that does a lot of um, like you know taste testing and stuff, and there's like a test that you do of whether you can be like a professional food t- taster or not. And it's basically just like, yeah, you, you failed most of this taste test. You're not good enough for this. Yeah, most people do fail it. And there are people with exceptionally keen palates out there. But yeah. the fact it is so easy to fool self-professed experts on tasting wine yeah. by literally just putting it in another bottle. It's amazing. Yeah, and it's uh, the famous, sorry, that is the, something called the Judgment of Paris, I think it was, where it was a guy got um, the leading experts on French wine. Uh, for a blind taste test between um, wines from California and wines from France. Because the mm-hmm. leading theory up to that time of being that, or the prevailing theory of being that um, wines produced in France were superior. French oh, wines yeah, yeah. are the best wines. So he got a bunch of leading experts on French wine to do this blind taste test. Mm-hmm. And it was such a foregone conclusion that French wine would win that despite inviting every journalist he could, only one turned up as a favour to him because it was a mate who worked for a Time magazine or something like that. Oh, right, okay, um, yeah. Every French judge um, judged at least one California wine to be superior to a French one. <laughs> and the judges were so horrified by this that um, some of them asked for their ballots back. Oh, God. Because they were so... In- and they ostracised the guy who had organised the competition from the French wine community for betraying French wine. It's like, you're the fucking ones who couldn't taste the difference. Yeah, you're the one saying that the wine was better. He just set up the experiment. Yeah, and they were like accusing him of cheating and doctoring the results and of things like that. They were, like, of course. It's like maybe your palate isn't refi- refined enough to tell where grapes were grown. Or maybe, maybe not all of the best wine in the world has to come from France. And maybe that taste is subjective. And yeah. Like they've even done experiments where they've given like professional sommeliers the same fucking bottle of wine. 
twice <laughs> in a row, but put it in a different bottle, and they've said that there's a taste difference between them. Well, um... that's that's how bad it gets because obviously. They obviously, you don't expect to get tricked when you're being given one of these experiments. Like you say, oh, you mm. are tricking them by giving them two different bottles. But if they were really as good as they say they are, they'd be able to tell the difference. And a good example of someone being able to do that is a Mythbusters episode um, where they give a vodka expert. Um, they basically line out from um, cheapest to like best yeah. a series of vodkas. Mm-hmm. I've and watched this ask, one before. And yeah. ask him, can you rate these in order of quality? And he gets it bang on. Yeah. From cheapest to, and they try to do everything they can to make the cheap wine, like, to make the cheap vodka taste better. Mm-hmm. Like they put it in, like I think they even do change the bottles and stuff like that. I believe so. It's been a while, but yeah. They, they try and trick him in every way they can to like see if they can fool his taste and thinking like, you know, this vodka's better than the other. And he gets it right every single time they ask him to. Yeah. And he's also like, yeah, people's taste can be that refined, but. It can, it can be refined enough to taste whether something is of better quality. It can't be refined enough to taste what side of the field the grapes grew on. <laughs> and shit like that. It's just, yeah, yeah. oh, God, it's embarrassing. It but is. also funny when you like hear about those stories. Oh, it's hilarious. I love it. And, I think and as you end- say, there are some skilled people out there, like that guy at Mythbusters, where it's like, no, they genuinely have a talent and can tell. But, like, um, the stories you hear and, like, the stories similiers would likely like to tell of, yeah, can, like, and they take that sip. And they go, mm-hmm. oh, yes, it's a Chianti grown in this region in this year. And it was like, you know, a rainy winter or something like that. That's all bollocks. Well, weirdly uh, enough, like, bringing it back to uh, One Piece, there's um, an episode where, like, a guy comes to a restaurant with a date and he's trying to show off and he's like, look, um, pour this wine. And he immediately goes, yes, all oh, these notes, blah, blah, blah. It must be this bottle of wine. And he hasn't been shown the label or anything. And um, basically, the uh, the chef goes, well, no, it's not. You got the wine completely wrong, you absolute fool. And he's, like, raging and goes, what? I asked for this wine to be brought to my table. Like, he called up in advance and was like, I need this one wine brought to my table so that he can pretend... That's a good one. ...that he knows exactly what it is. And then he's like, no, nah, I swapped the bottles. Oh, so good. I, it's just... It's not believable at all, and it's just all it does is make people sound like assholes when they're like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> like the, the, like I recommend people go look up that Last Judgment, uh, the Judgment of Paris. I should say, mm. because the story is hilarious with just how fucking petty all the French winemakers were. Where it is a a celeb- because the guy who did the test loved French wines and sold them and championed them. Mm-hmm. He just was like wanting also like California can also make some good wines. Let's show them both off. He was a champion of French wine who operated in France who had links to the French wine industry, who organised a test in France with 12 leading French experts on French wine, including (laughs) the head of the wine reviewers club, who was French, and they accused him of being biased against France because their (laughs) tongues tasted like California wine. But it's like, how fucking many layers of, like, do you want to add to this so you're not wrong? Yeah. Why don't you just admit that you were wrong and that maybe California, like... Your entire self-image is based on the idea of this completely defunct skill set that does not exist. Mm-hmm. It's like just admit it, and rather admit it's like no, it was all it was rigged against France. Yeah, in France. And it's like, oh no, if anything, it was rigged completely in favour of French wine. Yeah, it was. Like, he could not have given French wines like a better footing, and they yeah. still fucking came out like you know last. Oh, uh, I think we can end on that. Like, yeah, man, people are always going to find a way uh, to make it seem like they were in the right. 
Always, yeah. Because they can't handle that. But Lucas, um, uh, do you have anything coming out that you'd like to share with all the audience at home? Anything else um, Yeah, sure. I mean, I've just got my usual plugs to, to give away, and it's mm-hmm. go and watch me and a lot of the time Carl at Legend of Canto, both on YouTube and on Twitch. Hell fucking yeah. And um, this will be going out on Thursday, so next week will be the start of me and Carl playing Pokemon Soul Silver together. Hell yes. And that will be on sure. my YouTube channel. I'm not sure when my the playthroughs on my channel end, but I think I'm playing on mine. I'm playing it at the moment. It's Transformers Devastation and Spider-Man. Transformers Devastation will be coming to a close soon, but I'm not sure exactly yeah. when. But uh, keep an eye out on my channel and my Twitter, I guess, um, uh, to see a preview of what's coming next. Hell be fun. fucking yeah. But in the meantime... Go just play games. Yeah, watch us play games or just listen to another episode of this podcast. Actually, watch, watch us play games. We make money from that. We don't make money from this podcast. That's true, yeah. We do this for fun. Yeah. Well, I, I make money, Carl doesn't. Yeah, I lose money Thanks, every Carl. episode. That's the story for another day.